When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for football, hockey, and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 65 65- Five one four three six one one two zero, or visit TicketKingOnline.com. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present bonus chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of fifteen hundred ESPN's Purple Podcast. Do you hear Derek? Do you hear the footsteps? Do you hear the Vikings' footsteps? It's, it's ominous. Because they're coming. It, it seems like they're coming after the Green Bay Packers, or they're already ahead of them. I was going to say, if this is a foot race, uh, the Packers are in the rearview mirror right now, at least coming into this week. Well, this Minnesota Vikings team still views themselves as the, what did Mike Zimmer call it, the, the, low, the low rent district? Yeah, we're still renting in the low rent district. We're which, still... And, Hey, so am I, actually. Yeah, so you know, know what? That's that pretty good. Common. We got that in common. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer. I'm joined by Derek Wetmore, the football prediction savant, except for last week. Yes, What yes, went wrong? Yes, I got to, yes. I got to, before we get to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, relax. I got to get to Mr. Wetmore's inaccurate pick. Well, I appreciate you bringing this up and giving me the platform to defend myself because, yep, I heard about it on Twitter. I picked the Raiders, the Vikings won. And I'm not trying to play mind games with you, Andrew. I'm not. I'm really not. But how interesting would it be to listen to a podcast each week that told you exactly what was going to happen <laughs> all of the time? And so here's my thought process just to let you in you know, behind the curtain, behind, yeah, yeah. so to speak. I've got to make some wrong picks sometimes just, just to keep it interesting. If for no other reason than to keep the listener guessing, is he – is he right, or is he pulling a fast one this week? I, I don't know. I'll have to watch the game and find out. So did you read Stephen King's 11 uh, it was about It was about the Kennedy assassination. A guy goes sure. back in time. Anyway, he makes all his money by knowing all the sporting outcomes. Okay. And so right. the way that he throws them off is by purposely making inaccurate. So basically, that's what you're saying. You have to. Is that, yeah, you are you're you have to get wrong, because then obviously somebody's going to be like, something's fishy here. This kid knows too much. Mr. King was ahead this of man. his time. The same has been said of... <laughs> 
a young Derek Wetmore. We've called him the Nostra Derek, folks, and he, he <laughs> threw you off last week. Now, if you're oh, Nostradamus, Mr. Wetmore, what is wrong with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? They are on a three-game losing streak, albeit to teams that were undefeated when they faced them in Denver and Carolina, but then yeah. they lose to the Detroit Lions yeah. at home, which yeah. never happens, and it's actually the last time it happened was 1991. Well, I, I will get into that. What else are we talking about on this podcast, just so I know kind of mentally how, how we're setting this thing up? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about talk Packers, a lot. We're talk a, Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of Packers. We're going to talk okay. Mike Zimmer's defense. we got to talk about that. We're going to get to Adrian Peterson and the rampage that he is on through the NFL, Perfect. how they're doing that, and then where are we at here with Teddy Bridgewater, a new where segment we we're going to start. Where are we at with certain players so where are we at with the Packers not to jump on your segments toes but um it is amazing you mentioned the losses to Denver and Carolina and if you were looking at the Packers before the Lions game truthfully yeah okay did, did they play great no obviously not and was Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers against the Broncos no obviously not 77 but, passing yards probably not yeah I don't I don't think are we talking the first quarter or, I mean that's a slow quarter yeah. sometimes Teddy Bridgewater threw for probably what would have been four times or three times three times what Aaron Rodgers did yeah and so against green against the Broncos which is just absolutely ridiculous my but. my observation is that Packers fans are are a funny bunch in that after those two games against two teams that were undefeated, you lose those two games and suddenly you know the sky is falling. They're but on the plank. I think yeah. a lot of teams at that point six and two. Your only two losses are against two sure playoff teams. Boy, I'm not sure a lot of teams would be up in arms, be real concerned. But the Packers were concerned, and um, maybe rightfully so, Andrew, because there are some cracks in the armor. It's This is not a perfect team. Um, it is a team. I, I'd have to go back and look at my picks, but I'm pretty sure I took them to go to the Super Bowl this year. Not feeling so great about that one. so great. I did pick that before the Jordy Nelson injury, though, and you have to wonder, is that hurting them on offense now that they're having to rely on guys like Devontae Adams, um, James Jones until recently? Like, how? How much of that Super Bowl prediction was based on the fact that James Jones would come back and rescue the Packers and be a hero for him on offense? I, I wasn't exactly banking on that. I'll just put it that way. I think all the fantasy football people who draft in August feel your pain with Jordy Nelson. Yeah, that's, definitely. that's definitely the case. With this Green Bay Packers team, the last three weeks, I have seen, obviously not in Denver, but the last few weeks, Aaron Rodgers, last two losses, six touchdowns, a pick. He may not be taking over games or, or leading them the way that you want to see. Obviously, in the end in Carolina, he throws that pick where the Vikings are beating St. Louis at TCF Bank Stadium, and all the fans are watching that end of the game. And right. you, just, you hear the uproarious joy, obviously, when he throws that final pick <laughs> that in, in Carolina. That's a situation where you can feel the atmosphere here in Minnesota. This is a rivalry now that, as Aaron Rodgers said today on a conference call, is getting healthier. Sure. <laughs> it's not getting sure. such one-sided anymore. That's not the case, obviously, between the Gophers and the Badgers, but the Vikings and the Packers football teams are becoming a lot closer. And you look at the standings, the Vikings are on top, off of a defense, off of Adrian Peterson. The Green Bay Packers, though, started off 6-0, and and that, that start feels like it's so many light, yeah. you know, months, light years away from where they're at now. Just look at what they've done in their losses. Mike Zimmer says he sees the same Aaron Rodgers, and I can't necessarily disagree with him because in their losses, they have averaged just 69 yards rushing per game. Yeah. In their wins, they're doubling it, 127. Sure. So they're running the football when they win, and they haven't. They benched their starting running back yep. for James Starks in the past few weeks. Uh, overweight has been a concern, apparently, with Eddie Lacy. They're, they're injured and banged up on the offensive line. They're without Jordy Nelson, their top receiver. All Everything you hear about this receiving core is, oh, they're slow. They're not getting separation. Rodgers doesn't trust them. 
you don't hear that a lot out of Green Bay. And yeah. I think it's the pieces around Aaron Rodgers that have kind of crumbled their foundation to this point. Well, and that that is the question. Now, I haven't seen a lot of Packers games this year because we're usually working covering the Vikings when the Packers are playing. And my thought, though, is with that running game, the Eddie Lacy offensive line dynamic, you wonder how much of that is offensive line versus just the back himself um, because they haven't established a successful ground game this year. And as I mentioned, even Aaron Rodgers, even if he is the same one, it hasn't been enough to overcome that. You look at the Detroit Packers game. That is one that I had the luxury of watching because the Vikings were on the road that week. I was not traveling to Oakland and the Vikings were the afternoon game. So I watched the Packers with uh, my roommate who is a, an enormous Packers fan. So would he be one of the ones that was standing on a ledge after this third loss or maybe the first I loss? had to lock the doors. <laughs> I had to lock the doors. Um, I Actually, I had to leave the house, too, because it was, well, first because I had to go to work. But secondly, oh, okay. more importantly, because that Packers-Lions game, the outcome was my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know how, uh, you know, the the cosmos work and everything like that. But when I'm watching the Packers with him, they don't do well. Boy, you sure do have a a massive outcome on football games. Absolutely. It's like this weird gravitational field that just – I don't get to control it. I wish I did. That'd be fun. But it's weird observing it from this point where he is convinced, uh, and he's convinced me. I mean, he can't be wrong that that my presence or lack thereof on the couch in front of a – television turned to a Packers game influences what goes on in Lambeau like the Lions winning there for the first time in this eon so do you get kicked out of the house then absolutely okay yeah well like I said I had to go to work I went to watch the Raiders Vikings game with you guys but but the end of that game is what I would raise concerns about if I was a Packers fan to say okay lost to Broncos all right fine lost to the Panthers in Carolina okay fine but the way you lost to the Detroit Lions when they tried their hardest to Lions. They tried so, so hard at the end of that game to Lions. Oh, and then the Packers out Lions yeah, drops they, the two-point conversion. They really yep, tried to yep. Detroit that game away, <laughs> and they just couldn't do it. The Packers just wouldn't take it. Calvin Johnson drops the onside kick uh, three different times. He branded like, Brandon Bostic. He really one. Brandon Bostic that <laughs> kick. And three different times. By the way, that loss was my fault, too. Oh, okay. um, I came home in the second half when things started unraveling against Holy the Seahawks crap. last year. Just stay away from your house. That's what I'm saying. If you're a Packer fan, that, that's like what I'm is. saying. Well, for his sake, yes, I should probably do that. Actually, probably for your health, too. <laughs> probably. So, okay, um, that that is a cause for concern. I don't know what happened at the end of that game. I don't know how you fix that against, oh, by the way, a defense that's way, way better than uh, what the Lions have done, at least in recent weeks, I should say. The Vikings' defense is, to borrow a phrase from the great Andrew Kramer, <laughs> they're balling out right now. They are. And so mm. I don't know how you fix that necessarily. I don't know if... There's a quick answer if you're the Packers. I mean, if you're Mike McCarthy, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you want to figure that out pretty quickly because this is going to be a very important week for you. Yeah, and we talk about – I was talking about the pieces crumbling around Aaron Rodgers. Well, that defense, too, in this three-game losing streak has allowed 28 points per game. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers is not out there playing free, good? free safety, giving up touchdowns. <laughs> no, it's not good to answer okay. your question, Mr. Okay. Football Savant. <laughs> this Zimmer defense, though, is going to stress what the Packers have done poorly the past few games, and that's running the football. This Vikings 
Vikings defense is locked down running yeah. lanes, led yeah. by Linval Joseph, led by Everson Griffin, led entirely by a defensive line with strong yeah. performances from their linebackers. I can't talk enough about how Chad Greenway stepped in for Eric Hendricks and played 138 snaps these past two games and played it very well. And the now old man still got it, I he's guess. He's still got it. He's, he's not Peyton Manning the bit, if, wow. if, if I can say that. <laughs> now you sure you, can. Now you bring back a guy in, podcast, in, man. in Eric Kendricks, who should be stepping in back this week. We just saw practice today on Wednesday of this week, and Kendricks was practicing in full. You can't really take what Mike Zimmer says uh, uh, for, for granted, or you can't really take it uh, and accept it because he says things like, oh, yeah, I think you should be good to go, and then he doesn't play. So. Yeah. Mike did say season-ending IR. Exactly. Like, Mike did say that this week again. Oh, we think Kendrick should be good to go. But what we saw on the practice field, him actually practicing, speaks sure. volumes over what Zimmer can say about yeah, him. So absolutely. if they get him back, that's going to be huge, uh, just for the passing game in general and for their run stopping. And if they can prevent, if they can make the Packers one-dimensional the way they've done other teams, Oakland, St. Louis, um, if they can do that. That's when this defensive line is at their best. That's when they can get after the quarterback. That's when they know what's coming after them. And especially if they can play with a lead, they do what they did in Oakland. Adrian grinds out the clock. They play uh, not not a prevent defense by any measures, but Zimmer backed off against Oakland in that passing attack. And that was the most prolific passing attack the Vikings have faced all year. Yeah. And how Zimmer responded was he got torched early against the Blitz, and so he decided to back off a little bit more, and it worked. Terrence Newman played some of the best coverage I've seen out of a Vikings corner in some mm. time. Probably since Xavier Rhodes last year. Mm. So you've got all those pieces working, and they have a very stingy pass defense, great run defense. All over, this Vikings team is getting it done. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play out of his mind, I think, to lift the Packers. I just, I'm, I'm not gonna. Sp- I guess I'll spoil it. I'm Don't pick- give away your pick. I am. I'm picking the Vikings because <laughs> I just think at home, especially yeah. the way that Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer plays Aaron Rodgers so well sure. every time they face yeah. him. Save for that one game at Lambeau last year where Christian Ponder was the starting yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you can flush that one. That one got it. yeah. That one got away from him. But every other matchup, you look at the stats. He has played Aaron Rodgers very well. So I I think this is going to be tough for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to get back on track against this defense. So devil's advocate here, Andrew. Aaron Rodgers is very capable of playing out of his mind. Yes, he Does is. he change yes. the dynamic of what the Vikings will have to do? You mentioned can, making teams one-dimensional. Well, the fact that he can roll out of the pocket and extend plays because he's physical um, and, by the way, has a laser cannon uh, and, and is very accurate. So not only does he have that good pocket passer thing, Aaron Rodgers is one of the guys that you worry about rolling out of the pocket. It, is, is containing him going to be a different piece to the puzzle for the Vikings this week, or can they basically do what they did against Nick Foles and the Rams and say, hey, Todd Gurley, you're going to have to beat Linval Joseph, and if you can't do that, you guys aren't going to score points. I think it's going to be more what they did against Derek Carr in Oakland. It's going okay. to be trying to contain the pocket. Go back and look at that game against Oakland, and one of the interesting things they did was Mike Zimmer they didn't get a lot of sacks on Carr. I believe it was only two, but that yeah, that, that offense had not allowed uh, – Oakland had not allowed a sack in the past two weeks heading into that game. They had done very well, and the Vikings were still able to push the fold. And what they did was they, they had more of their normal team rush concept. They they were pushing and trying to form a pocket, not necessarily just letting guys loose and, and letting them go after them. So you saw the ends kind of playing higher. You saw them getting up to uh, you know the, the ears of the quarterback and trying mm-hmm. to keep him in the pocket. That's something I expect them to do it against Aaron Rodgers because Aaron is so good at throwing on the run. Yeah. So good. And when a play breaks down, he's able to find the open guy, make a throw off either foot. He doesn't need to be balanced. All those different things make him so dangerous. And so it sounds 
stupid to say you need to make him a pocket passer. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of what you need to do because sure. if he's a pocket passer, that means the receivers are not rerouting as much. He's not buying time, and then the pocket should close on him quicker. So you're yeah. right. Containing him in the pocket is going to be huge for what they're going to try and do. And I think how they're playing, uh, Shree Floyd coming back last week, having him available again, I think they're going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to blitz Aaron Rodgers like they did Phillip Rivers or okay. like they did because even though that offensive line in Green Bay can be somewhat vulnerable, it's not it's Aaron Rodgers is too dangerous to yeah. give up guys in coverage. Sure, sure. That's kind of where I see them at. Let me ask you a question that goes back a few minutes here on the podcast. Um and if it's okay with you, it doesn't have anything to do with football. You mentioned what that the Packers are I think your phrase was something along the lines of light years away from where they were in years past. Do you know how far a light year is? No, no, no. no. I said the six and zero start felt makes it the, it, this it this like this three this three game losing streak they're on makes it makes the six and zero start feel like it was that far away. I'll, I'll I'll repeat the question. Do you know how far a unit of measurement a light year is? Uh, however far light can travel in a year. It, that's an incredibly far. Have you listened amount to, of distance? J- uh, Ma- Jackie and Mud, M- Mackie and Judd. I call him Jackie and Mud though. That's that's pretty good. They do those kinds of things though, where they bring up like the Packer calls. Have okay. you listened to them this week? Where they kind of uh, have a little bit of the. It, they're they're talking like they need to. One guy actually said, "We got to bench Aaron Rodgers." Yeah. Like, sta- wait, what? Stated roommate Packer fan listens to the daily uh, okay. wine line shows. Yep. So yep. I, I've definitely had a sample of those, okay. um, and I know that. Uh, if you if you ask enough people who listen to those shows, Mike McCarthy certainly on the hot seat. They need to fire the offensive coordinator. Yes, everybody needs to go. It's time to find the next quarterback because while Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was great, there's this very real concern that uh, Rodgers might never be the guy to lead them to a Super Bowl again, and you've got to aim higher than that. Uh, so yet, yeah, I'm I'm very well aware of sort of the zeitgeist around this team, the feeling from fans that. So do you understand man, where I say the light year then light comes years from? Light years away. Okay, well then I guess I would turn the question on that. And that's and say, not necessarily okay. It hey, is, a, it is guys, a cliche. So is that guys, another cliche that you're trying? That's why down? I'm examining it. It okay. needs to be rooted out of the sports vernacular. Hey, uh, you got a Packers lot of work fans, to do with me if you're trying to do that. True, Packers fans, callers, do you know how far light can travel in a year? It's in astonishing amount of distance and six and three especially after the way the Packers lost to the Lions yes it feels like a far distance away but could we say like yards or miles or or something like that instead of light years because I don't know that you comprehend exactly how far that light travels in that time. That's all I had to say, Andrew. So what travels faster? Adrian Peterson on his 80-yard touchdown run on Sunday it, in Oakland. It only went 21 miles per hour. 21. Or, or is it light? No, it's still light. Oh, okay. No light. Okay, okay. Definitely light. The old cliche of, uh, boy, who was it? Was it Buck O'Neill, I think? I think this is who it was about. Please, listeners, if I'm wrong, tweet at me uh, and, and let me know. Uh the old cliche was he's a uh, famous baseball player from the Negro Leagues and just fantastically talented. And he was said to be so quick that he'd flip the lights off. And by the time it, he'd flip the light switch, and by the time the light was off, he was already tucked into bed. <laughs> I don't know that that's actually true. In fact, I, I doubt it very much. But Adrian Peterson would have similar in tight spaces speed if there were such thing. Because I saw that thing you sent out this week, Andrew, on Twitter um, about it was against a nine-man front 
against Oakland. Yeah, they stacked it. Yeah, they had both safeties. They were loaded. They were really yeah. gearing up to stop the run, and Peterson was just so quick in tight spaces that it didn't matter. What was that gain? I, I don't even know which. It was play only a seven-yard gain, but he traveled about fifteen yards, and it should have yeah. been a, a, a two-yard gain yes. at, at the very most. And so he's really showing. Um, us doubters who said 30-year-old running backs don't succeed in this league, he's proving that to be absolutely uh, horse manure. And it's not its not just that lateral quickness, which is just insane with him, that agility that he's got. It's also Adrian's ability to take off once he hits that open hole. That yeah. 80-yard touchdown he had, he got dragged kind of a little bit at the line, and then he took off again. So it wasn't even his initial burst. And then all of a sudden, he's clocked at over 21 miles per hour. There were only four different ball carriers, according to, I think this is an NFL media stat, only four different ball carriers to go faster than him on a play on Sunday. And he was the oldest one on like their top 10 list by mm. four years. Wow. He was the only 30-year-old on the list. Mm. It shows that he has not lost that quote-unquote extra gear that he used to always talk about having uh, over other guys. He clearly still has it. And he is going to be the focal point for Green Bay's defense and the focal point for the Vikings to keep pacing. He leads the NFL in yards. He leads them in carries. This offense runs through Adrian Peterson. I remember at the beginning of the year, Judd and I would kind of, um, you were probably in on these discussions too, pondering who whose offense is this early on? Sure. It, it looked yeah, like yeah. it bounced in between. It, at first, at San Francisco, they tried to shotgun it, use Teddy Moore, and then all of a sudden, San Diego Green or San Diego De- Detroit. It was it was more running, and then all of a sudden, Denver they kind of back off a little bit and yep. have Teddy throw it. So it kind of it was a pendulum. It swung yep. back and forth. Now it's clearly Adrian's offense. I yeah. think they've settled into a rhythm with heavier sets using uh, tight ends. Zach Line, the fullback, is getting a lot more run. Mm-hmm. And Teddy's going to have to then learn how to throw out of those sure. instead of trying to teach Adrian those shotgun handoffs and all yep. those things that they tried to do with him earlier in the season. you got to credit Norv Turner for not being necessarily stubborn with saying, no, this is what I started with and this is what we're going to stick with. Yeah. He really does have that Mike Zimmer to him where they're both guys who adjust in games. Uh, I did question him last week and wondering, you know, you had such a long developing pass plays for Teddy Bridgewater and he wasn't, he consistently wasn't hitting them because of the coverages he was seeing and he wasn't pulling the trigger and it was a 30 mile per hour wind in Oakland. So I did question that a little bit and why that offense was stymied. But when Adrian runs for 200 yards, it doesn't matter what you do at quarterback. A reporter asked Packers head coach Mike McCarthy on the weekly conference call with the visiting media this week said, uh, it seems to me that you know this has become Adrian Peterson's offense. How do you game plan against that? Is that how you view it, that this team's identity, despite the fact that they're trying to develop a young quarterback, that this is um, Peterson's offense? And McCarthy could not wait to jump on that, and he said, oh, oh. he goes, oh. Oh. <laughs> did you watch last week's game? I love McCarthy's mannerisms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh he said, he basically asked him, he's like, you you didn't watch last week's game? Yeah. I mean, 200 yards speaks for itself, buddy. Um, now, granted, 80 of those were at a chunk at the end, but I think even before that, he had big 100 run, and, there was like 130 yards in the fourth quarter he, alone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even, even notwithstanding that giant home run, he controlled the game. He helped the Vikings control that. Um, yeah, and grind- I think time of possession can be an overrated stat, but he definitely oh, helped no. them grind the way, uh, their way to that win, even before the 80. They held the run. ball for 10 of the 15 minutes in the fourth quarter in that game in Oakland. And, and it was matters. because of Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. It was solely because of Adrian Peterson. And let's give credit to up front of the blockers. They have done a lot better job. I think TJ Clemmings is coming into his own as a run blocker, not so much as a pass protector. Sure. Um, but then Kyle Rudolph as well has, has done a lot better than he has in the past. With Adrian Peterson, 
the biggest thing with me is that you're not seeing him wear down. His conditioning, remember the beginning of the year he talked about, I don't feel like I'm fully there yet. I'm getting gassed during games. He was getting gassed at the end of runs. That's not the case anymore. His conditioning should be unquestioned because he is now leading the NFL in in yards per carry in the fourth quarter. It's something like six or seven yards per carry. That's In the fourth quarter. Is that good? That obviously counts as an 80-yard touchdown, then the 48-yarder, I believe, in Denver as well. So he's done some – he's had some big, big runs in the fourth quarter, but – They still count. To be able to average that much, yeah, as a, and that was his twenty sixth carry he took for eighty. So point standing in that, Adrian Peterson is wearing down defenses, and he'll wear down Green Bay on Sunday if that's going to be their game plan. I always used to think that was a cliche. I used to think that oh, run the ball early, establish the run to set up the pass, get the lo- get the linebackers tired I think of the hitting. Establishing you. the pass thing it can be a cliche, but not the. Wearing down a defense. Sure. That's very much real. I was going to say that now as I pay closer attention and I've seen your film stuff and things like that, through in the fourth quarter of games, if, if guys aren't their normal self, if they're a fraction of themselves because they're tired or whatever or, or banged up more likely in the NFL, that's a huge tactical advantage to the team that's able to exploit that. So I, I used to think, as somebody who tries to root out cliches and expose them as fraudulent, I used to think that fell into this category. I don't believe that anymore. I think it absolutely matters if you wear down a defense, quote-unquote. Um, and what that, what I take that to mean is wear down the individual players on the defense. Obviously, you don't wear down a unit, but like enough hits on the safety, enough hits on the linebacker, uh, beating up on the defensive line all game long. That stuff has a cumulative effect, and by the end of the game, I think that it can matter. Is quote-unquote a cliche? No, no, it's not, because I actually I want to say that I'm using a word or phrase that others before me have used. Okay. So it's quote, and then you and then you end the quote at. But the, some people do say when it. you really don't need to say it, right? Like they? I have my own original thought. I came up with this, and quote unquote. Or you know what else bothers me? Air quotes. Don't use air quotes. <laughs> you mean like the finger, like? Yeah, like, I don't yeah, need to yeah. see visually that you're quoting somebody. You could tell me that you're quoting somebody, or it could be obvious. You say something like four score and seven Are years ago. Are you trying to send a message to somebody at the office? Is that what you're doing in this no, podcast? No, is, is somebody using? Oh no, air I don't quotes? know. I'm just assuming that maybe you're on the water cooler and you're like, "Damn it, Becky, would you stop?" <laughs> I've never. Becky has never used air quotes around me, but I will I call her on it the next time. I don't know if we have a Becky, do we? I'm not sure either. Okay. The next time would be the first time. Um, but I, I'll be sure to stop her on that because it grinds my gears a little bit. Boom! Dropping the biggest cliche of them all. Let's switch gears then, Mr. Whitmore. <laughs> Let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater and where we're at here. And this is something that... New segment alert? New new segment, maybe. We'll see if it sticks. If it's decent, yeah. maybe. If, well, if people hate it, then we might continue yeah, it. Yeah, make, make the first one good because... <laughs> This might be all you get, but I, I'm excited about it. Yes, and that comes from basically that term. I, I remember it. I, I've listened to uh, ESPN Radio's old SVP and Rosillo, and they used to do uh, kind of an old story bit was just basically when you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear a noise, you don't know what's going on, it's dark, and you mm-hmm. basically just you, you use your voice, you audible, you yell to try and project yourself because you're scared because you don't know what the hell is going on. Sure. You hear like a tap on the window or whatever. You don't know yep. if it's just a tree branch or if it's somebody trying to break into your house. Uh, you should probably trim your branches. So where are we at here? Hey, what do we got going on? What What is this? It's almost the way of illuminating. And I had a friend in college where we pulled a prank on him where we snuck into his room one night and the same thing happened to him where he didn't know what was going on. Okay, and, yeah. and he pops up and goes, where are we at here? <laughs> like, well, you're in your room, Tim. 
Like it was just one of those things. Now we're going to shed light on a player and where are we at? This is a Vikings team that is very, very young and it's got a lot of developing players and they're not where they're going to be. Finally, we're not talking about, uh, Chad Greenway. We're not talking about Brian Robinson. We're not even really talking about Linval Joseph, who's in his sixth year in the NFL or Captain Munderland in the mm-hmm. seventh. We're more talking about the guys who are on the up and coming, and, and a lot of guys on this team are. When we're talking about specifically Teddy Bridgewater today or down the road, whether it's Sharif Floyd, Xavier Rhodes, uh, even a young guy in, in Brandon Fosco who's mm-hmm. had some up and down stuff. So where are we at with Teddy Bridgewater? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. Teddy- Andrew, where are we at? Sorry, I didn't know if I was supposed to set you up for you that. You could have. You could have. Okay, well, we're, we're feeling our way through this. Yeah, like a dark are. room. It is, it's dark in here. It is very dark. With Teddy Bridgewater, he, we've now seen him for, I believe it's been 22 starts. And Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback who I think we've seen what his arm is. He's only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. It's important to note, obviously, that he's got a lot of room to grow. But physically... You thought from last year, okay, he's going to build on his body. He's going to get bigger. You kind of want to see the arm kind of maybe built up a little bit more. Well, that that hasn't happened, and that's not to say it can't happen. It's only to say that right now where he's at in this offense, it is as a game manager. Can I pause you quickly by saying that I do think physically he is bigger. I think you look at the pictures from a year ago, and you saw him come into camp this year bulkier. He, he did accomplish that. He did get physically stronger, and I think there is still room to grow. But what you're talking about— I'm talking about the arm. The arm strength, yes. the throws in games, are they there right now, the answer? Well, at least down the field, no. And you saw it happen, though, in Chicago at the end of the game, and that's kind of what they want to will him to do a little bit more. They, they see him become a little bit more free and less, you know, not as reined in. And he does that to himself, and the Turners do it to him as well. They want him to control the game. They don't want him to give it away. They know this offense is run through Adrian Peterson. And so, obviously, he doesn't need to be the big playmaker. But they want to see him take those shots, obviously. That's part of his development. With Teddy Bridgewater, though, what he is right now is, and I've, I've seen this comparison before, but he is very much like an Alex Smith. And he's more nimble than Alex Smith. They're different quarterbacks, obviously. They have different strengths and different weaknesses. But overall, the complete package, that's what it looks like. And is that a bad thing? I don't think it is. With the right offense... Those yeah. quarterbacks can be absolutely successful, okay. and and it has to. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be Aaron uh, Andrew Luck. He's not going to be Drew Brees. I think that's more of his ceiling as a Drew Brees if he could ever hone his accuracy, which is not there right now. But go ahead and look at that game on Sunday. He's dropping back in the pocket at times. He's not fully seeing the field. His read progressions, and I, I read a great piece in Sports Illustrated, uh, I think it was by Andy Benoit, where he went back and looked, and it was, it was about the Vikings as a whole, but he honed in on Teddy a little bit, and it was a great kind of point on saying that North Turner's offense has simplified read progressions for Teddy Bridgewater. They're running multiple routes at the same level of the field, so he doesn't have to turn his head very much. Sure. He's not having to go one, two, three, four. It's more of a group group progression read where, okay, I know two routes are over here. I'm going to decide between them or switch over to two routes over here. It's, it's simplifying things for a young quarterback, and yeah. you have to credit North Turner for doing that. But at the same time, you have to realize that they're doing that because of who Teddy Bridgewater is at this point. And he's not the kind of quarterback who's going to take over a game. But does that mean he had a bad game on Sunday? I don't think it is. Hmm. A lot of people looked at that game and said, looked at the stats, looked at how he did, and said, why is he not letting go of the football? Well, the Oakland Raiders played a lot of sideline tight coverages. They dropped a lot of a lot of seven, seven-man coverages, dropping people back. And they tried at times to make Teddy beat them, and he couldn't do it. You want to see him shed the hesitancy 
But at the same time, you have to realize who he is and that he's not going to make those 50-yard bombs to Mike Wallace that Ben Roethlisberger did. Yeah. And there are times where I question where I see those routes still being run in this offense, and they're clearly decoy routes. There were so many times Mike Wallace is running 50 or 40 yards down the field, not to exaggerate it, 40 yards down the field, and he's carrying two people with him, and that's the entire goal. They're never going to throw that ball to him. Yep. You know, if, if he's got one guy on him, I have not seen Teddy throw that ball one time this year. So you're saying he's got one-on-one with the corner so- outside and safety over the top just turns around runs with him and now he's out of the play that happened on sunday and that's why those shots were never taken but even when those were singled up i'm still not seeing those shots taken by teddy bridgewater so he's not either the vikings don't have trust in his arm to actually do that or he doesn't have trust in his own arm and so where are we at here at teddy bridgewater in that he is a middle range quarterback in terms of throwing the football 10 to 15 yards maybe 20 yards and he has to rely on his playmakers he has to rely Mm -hmm. on the guys on the outside and just because he has a game like he did on sunday does not mean it was a bad game an Oakland Raider did not touch a single of his 22 throws. He made up all of his sack yardage in one 18-yard run. Mm-hmm. Those two things alone tell me that he did what he needed to do mm-hmm. to make up for any kind of lapses he had, as well as moving the offense forward. His best trait is improvising. His okay. best trait is is when a, a pocket breaks down, he's able to escape and, and make something of it, whether mm-hmm. that's running or whether that's finding an open guy. That's his best trait. Behind this offensive line, that's very important. I think the biggest thing we talked about is if Sean Hill had to start a game for them, it would be a nightmare because he can't escape the pocket. And this offensive line is not sound in pass protection. Right. Teddy brings that trait to them, and that helps them win. I'm curious to see moving forward. The one big question mark I have for Teddy Bridgewater is when they go up against more potent offenses, which they're going to now, Green Bay, Atlanta, Arizona, can Teddy Bridgewater, if they get behind in a game, mm-hmm. lead them back? Sure. We have not seen that. The biggest deficit they come back and won from was 14-3 to against Detroit, where basically it was Mike Zimmer completely, then then turned on the, the blitzes and shut down that offense. And, yes, credit Teddy, he was able to come back and win that game for him. Mm-hmm. It was one of his best games, 316 yards. I want to see him do that now more regularly if they get behind in those situations. Sure. But credit to the entire team that they haven't put him in those spots. Sure. But where we're at with Teddy Bridgewater is he is absolutely a game manager, and that's not a bad thing. So where we're at, Alex Smith, but not necessarily. And like the worst I said, thing I saw that. I'm not the first one to come up with that. I know, but I not think, as an insult either. No, it's and just it's not. Alex Smith. It's it's and NFL a quarterback. Alex Smith was a number one overall pick, and you can call him a bust or whatever. But he is still a starting quarterback in this league, yep. and he's done it for successful teams, and that's not a bad thing. Andrew, I like that segment, and here's why. I think we bring it back next week because throughout that whole segment. I didn't have to do an ounce of work. <laughs> Not one thing. So in terms of preparation for me. I was worried when you went to get up to the bathroom. If leave, next but week, I, was yeah, like, oh, I washed my hands. If next week, I always do. If next week I just have to say, you know, pick a guy and say, oh, well, Sharif Floyd's been hurt a little bit. So has Eric Kendricks. Um, uh, Stephon Diggs. Von Diggs burst onto the scene and maybe a little bit quiet. Sometimes defenses then evolve and start to figure out what he is doing, but also Teddy Bridgewater is part of that equation. If all I have to do is come up with a, like a little sentence like that that I pulled together off the top of my head and say, so, Andrew, Stefan Diggs, where are we at? And then turn off my microphone and... Just like, go make a sandwich? You do, you do your thing, Andrew. You do it. <laughs> You're the man, and uh, you take you take this thing home. But you're going to have to do the sign-out then at the end of the episode. Let people know the end of the episode. We just need, we need like, a, a clock-out noise. Like, I don't know what, you know, like a... Or at the little, Emmys where they start playing know? the music. Or, yeah, that, I guess. I was thinking more for you, well, though. For like me, a, like a time clock, like, I'm done. No, we're, that's the beauty of it is I get to punch out. my time card 
after you're done. Oh, so I'm, gotcha. I'm technically you're working, but paid. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Feet up on the table. All right, Derek, let's make you do some work. Who are you picking? Who you got? This is a really hard game for me to pick because uh, some of the early lines that I've seen have favored the Vikings and the home. I think by like one point. Yeah, yeah it's it a close. I mean, it's basically a pick em game. Either way. It's let's call it a pick em. Yep, yep. The Vikings have home field advantage and are feeling themselves right now, which I think matters. You know, I, I know they've beaten a couple cupcakes. Like, some of their wins weren't necessarily impressive, but their past two wins have been impressive. St. Louis is a good team. Oakland's a good team, especially on the road. Um, so those are two impressive wins for me, and I'm not discrediting the fact that the Vikings have won five games in a row. I also wonder, though, at what point does Aaron Rodgers just say, all right, you guys, enough is enough. Um, he said today on the conference call, a reporter asked him, uh, last year you spelled out relax. Uh, do you have any message for your team this year? And Rogers, ever the media manipulator, just fantastic at what he does, uh, said, no catchphrases yet. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. So maybe stay tuned is their new catchphrase? <laughs> like the Packers aren't bad, what you think they that's are. That's a bad catchphrase, though. Actually. The Packers are yeah. not what you think they are. Stay that tuned. Like, that sounds like a, a Jacksonville Jaguar stay tuned for the NFL draft. So, like, that's, what that, <laughs> that's what that actually does sound don't, like. Don't watch the final eight weeks yeah, of the yeah. season. We'll be picking another <laughs> high, game, high in the, the draft. All the game casts are just like the, the salt and pepper scatter with stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> a countdown yeah. to NFL draft day in May. Uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, Todd McShay, just going back Todd, and forth. About... Todd, Todd, Todd. <laughs> so that's why this is such a difficult game for me. I think if you were just lining the two teams up right now and saying which is better, it's the Vikings. And I don't think that takes much time to figure out. But They're a more complete team right now. Absolutely. Yep. And I question, though, is the teams – are the teams that we've seen each of the past three, four, five weeks, is that who they are? They – Sometimes you can tell who an NFL team is throughout a whole season. It's difficult to do, but you can just kind of have a finger on the pulse. Like, this is who this is who this team is and have a fairly good feeling of how they're going to do each week. I, I don't feel that sense of confidence right now about the Vikings. In fact, I think at any moment the Vikings could kind of take a step back on defense. Uh, I think at any point the fact that Bridgewater can't throw a ball down the field could come down to expose them. I think at any point Adrian Peterson is liable to have a bad game. Conversely, on the flip side of the coin, the Packers, obviously, like I said, can just click it on as soon as Aaron Rodgers decides, all right, no, we're not messing around anymore. I'm going to score seven touchdowns this so week. So who are you picking? I'm taking the Vikings because I think in whenever you start to trick yourself, it means you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it too much. And what I said just a minute ago is that if you're lining these two teams up, which is better right now, the Vikings, the Vikings are playing at home. I don't care that the Packers are sliding. That's not part of my equation. I don't care that the Vikings are quote-unquote hot the proper use of quote-unquote, by the way. <laughs> but I think that in a divisional matchup that's going to matter a lot for both teams for a lot of different reasons, you just have to go with the better team, and right now that's the Vikings. So I'm taking them at home. I have to agree with you. I think it is no coincidence that Aaron Rodgers, when asked on that conference call, what, what do you need to do, what do, what do the Packers need to do on offense to turn things around? And he said, start fast. We need to start faster. Now that is a cliche you hear from every quarterback in every offense. Start at a normal speed and maintain that through the game. Yeah, I That's what I want us to do. Yeah, right? <laughs> I got nothing for that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers saying that, though, to me is not a cliche because, like I just said, this Vikings team has not really been tested with a major deficit against sure. what I would call a high-octane offense. Sure, yeah. I don't think the Detroit Lions, while they did jump out 14-3 on the Vikings, I don't think they've consistently shown they are a great offense in the NFL. I think the Packers are. 
Yes. Now the Packers again. They 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 had a bad game against Detroit. I know sixteen points only. You look at that at home. You go what what the hell? But Aaron Rodgers was still able to put up six touchdowns over the last two games. They're still scoring, and if they can get a fast start on this Vikings team, I think that's how they do it. Sure. By then, basically forcing the Vikings to throw the ball more than they want to and get away from Adrian more than they want to. It's going to be tough against Mike Zimmer's defense. I don't see it happening with how they're playing in coverage right now. And you know what? I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers go after Xavier Rhodes instead of Terrence Newman in this game well, with the way Xavier's played. And well, now it's been a somewhat down year for Xavier. I talked with the defensive backs coach today, actually, and he and he said, look, we like him to come along faster than he is. But right now he's not. And so it's a point right now where I think Terrence is more comfortable in the coverages they're playing. Captain is certainly playing a lot better. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron go after Xavier. So we'll okay. see about that. I still think, though, the Vikings are going to be able to shut down Green Bay's running game, which has been non-existent the last three games. Yeah and make make the Packers one-dimensional. I think the Vikings are going to win something like, ooh, 27 to 21. Okay. See, so, yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't pick scores because then what would be the fun? Well, you did once, and you got it right. Yeah. But then you've gone oh, yeah. downhill ever since. But then you got it wrong yeah. no, the I following f- week. I forgot that I did. I uh, forgot that I nailed that. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Um, but, yeah, I just – I just don't know what value there would be to our listeners if they if they already know what's going to happen. I think the Packers have been, like the Raiders, were susceptible on the ground, and I just think it's going to be another big day for Adrian, and being at TCF Bank Stadium I think helps the Vikings a lot. When does the Mike Wallace show uh, it ain't this arrive? Week. I don't think it's this week, okay. and I don't know if it's ever going to come. Okay. Wow. I, I, like I said, I think Mike has been more of a decoy in this offense by running, and at some point teams are going to stop chasing him down the field because sure. they're just not throwing it. Well, so we'll, we'll see. It's like... It's like me making wrong picks on purpose some weeks, just to keep teams honest. I think if the teams do stop chasing him down the field, that's when you'll see. That's when you'll see the home run. All right, guys. Derek is going to continue his <laughs> humility speech on a different podcast. He might start that up later. I'll let you know if and when he does. For right now, this is going to be it for the Purple Podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining us at 1500ESPN.com. Please check back to the site for more. Oh, the humility. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged or Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. Believing up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point a finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, Back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.